on your part. Welcome to the On Track and Field Podcast. I'm Jay Sears. I'm your host. Hopefully you've heard this a few times. You've heard my weird, raspy voice. But let this weird, raspy voice give you some wisdom. You need to go to ontrackandfield.com. I work with them exclusively. I love the CEO, Steve. He's so passionate about what he does. And that passion is going to help you as a head coach or an athlete or whoever needs track and field equipment to give them the very best of the best to give their athletes the opportunity to succeed. They have good prices. I know this because I search around and on track and field, nobody beats them. On trackandfield.com. Go to that website, see what they have, and you're not going to be disappointed. With me is Shannon Thompson, a mental performance consultant. Yeah, that's a really cool title, and I'm so excited to talk to her. With the is it HYPO or do we pronounce hypo two? We called, yeah, we pronounce hypo two. All right, all right. Well, I spelled it for everybody else. Hypo two high performance sports center in Northern Arizona. She's also the mental performance consultant for Northern Arizona Division One track and field and cross country programs. If you know anything about NAU, they're pretty good. And so I'm sure she's had a lot of, you know, kind of help with that. But we'll talk about that. She seems too humble, so I'll speak for her. Her work focuses on high quality training, individualized programs, as well as performance, or sorry, provides a supportive and challenging environment for athletes to develop and improve their skills. Now, distance guru Jay Johnson is a dear friend of mine and a guest on this podcast. He has the Boulder Running Clinic. And this last year, Shannon presented to the entire group of distance coaches. And as soon as it was done, I got blown up on DM with Twitter. All these coaches are like, get her on the podcast, get her on the podcast, get her on the podcast. So here we are. Shannon, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, man. Well, thank you, JT, so much for having me. Well, I already talked about your involvement with NAU distance running, but would you mind like kind of what does that role entail? Yeah, so I've been I've been involved with NAU uh, distance and track and field since the fall of 2016. Um, so basically, like my primary role there is um, they call me their mental performance coach. So I'm I'm treated very much as one of the coaching staff, and um, I do a weekly what we call focus session for actually all the sections of NAU track and field. So distance, jumps, sprints, uh, throws, they all get a weekly focus session with me, which is basically a sort of 20 to 30 minute lesson on some element of mental performance. Um, and, and then the athletes also have like un unlimited access to me. So they can reach out and book a one-on-one -on -one consult as often as they want to. Why, why do they need you? I mean, no offense to your entire profession, but I asked this out of ignorance. Why does why does a division one, maybe the best last, especially last half decade, the best division one cross country program need a mental performance coach? Yeah, I think, um, well, I think because the the mental side of the sport is my specialty, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate and I can spend a bunch of time kind of diving into, um, like information about psychology and I have a background in education in psychology. Um, and you know, the coaches at NAU are extremely knowledgeable when it comes to the mental side of sport, but, um, it's a, it's a massive 
element right of the sport and they also have a whole bunch of other things they got to worry about like like the basics of training and um administrative stuff and entering teams and meets and booking hotels and talking to their athletes you know so so it's I think it's helpful for them to have someone whose job it is to dive in to the mental side and and know a lot about it and be a resource uh for for them and their athletes um I think another thing you know that was a bit of an unintentional reason why you might say they need me although um we didn't none of us knew this so I kind of got going was athletes can also young athletes can really use just someone to talk to you you know talk to about life talk to about their experiences and you know there's over 100 athletes in NAU track and field and about six coaches you know six or seven coaches so having someone else that those athletes can go and, and talk to about about their performance but also about life and their their whatever's going on for them um it's just one more person to be there for a hundred athletes. So what are some of the examples of lessons that you give weekly? Like what are some of those things you always need to make sure you touch on? Yeah. Um, so we do, we do a weekly session throughout the year. So that's probably, gosh, it's probably pretty close to 30 sessions. And um, I will bring like basic sports psychology skills to them, like things like visualization, ways to work with nerves, um, this thing called the loose plan, which I, I'm guessing we'll probably talk about at some point, which is just a way of breaking down a longer effort into shorter chunks and and uh, helping them establish where they want to put their focus and what they want to do in those chunks. Um, but we also talk a lot about why they feel the way they feel. Like I have, I have some knowledge as to how the brain works and how we instinctively respond in some circumstances as human beings. So I'm able to, to teach them about that and help them understand why they feel the way they feel, how, why they react the way they do, why circumstance, some circumstances are hard for them. Um, and with greater understanding, they can cope with them better. And then I can also teach them skills to, to grow um, their ability to cope and even thrive in difficult circumstances. So, so there's sports performance stuff, but then there's also just being a human being and coping with being a human being stuff. Um, so it's a range, it's a range, it's a wide range of, of subject matter. What's the loose plan? The loose plan. Yeah. yeah so the loose plan is um, I primarily use it, you know, just with the distance crew. And that's where we take a, a longer effort. So anything from probably 800 meters through to like, say, a 10K. And we we start out by talking to the athlete about like, how do they want to execute that race? Like, what would we see them do if they're running well, you know, or if they're competing well? And then we divide that effort into chunks. So an 800, it would probably have two to three chunks. Believe it or not, a 10K would probably have three to five chunks, depending on the athlete and depending on how many focuses they, they would want. And we come up in advance with um, an action, a decision, a focus that they want to have for each of those chunks. And they, they, they memorize it and they practice it in practice. And then uh, when they're out racing, their instructions are to like follow your loose plan. And when you're in each chunk, only focus on that chunk. Um, because with, with lengthy events, um, one of the real pitfalls people can fall into is thinking about how much farther they have to go or how much there is to go. And that can cause a lot of stress and it um, definitely contributes to athletes blowing up or giving up mid-effort so by dividing the race into smaller chunks and planning that in advance and practicing putting their attention in that chunk um 
the race seems way more manageable. It helps to keep their brain calm and they typically are able to execute and perform better than um, they would without without a plan. Um, one thing I should mention though, as well, is that you, you notice we call it a loose plan. And um, the reason it's called a loose plan is just because every so often you change the plan. Every so often the race unfolds in a, in a different way than you expected. Uh, so we call it a loose plan just always to always to allow for that. Now, there's no other Shannon Thompson. It's just you. However, is this a unique thing that NAU does? Or is this something that many Division One programs try to have? I mean, I've even had conversations with professional athletes, and they talk about having like a sports psychologist or sport therapist or someone they can talk to. And it seems like this is very common. Is this something that's common in the world that you exist in? Yeah, you know, I I I know lots of uh colleges have sports psychologists on their staff um i think i was talking to an athlete who went to i gosh i can't remember which one but she she messaged me once she's like there's we have six sports psychologists on our staff it was definitely definitely a larger school so so i know this role exists um in other in other colleges um i'd say if there's a like way that you know my work different i differ maybe from many is um I'm around the team a lot like I'm I'm at practice a lot um a lot some of our talks are with me out running with them or me me on a bike like beside them while they're running um so so my work is pretty versatile and in that way I know I'm not the only one who does like walk talks or you know even I've even heard of other people who do run talks but I think I think it's a it's a more rare way of 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 um of having those conversations. Um, and then, and then also I, I go to a lot of meets. So, so I'm just, a, I'm around a lot, which so is so it's probably the main difference, um, between maybe my role with NAU and some other, some other schools. But for all I know, there might be other people in my role who, who operate very similarly. That's genius running with the distance kids. That's yeah. so brilliant. Um, okay. I don't have a mental coach or a mental performance coach. Rather I'm a high school coach. In fact, most of the time, the head coach or the coach has to wear the hat that you operate in and exist in and have perfected and do it in AU. So like, this is purely, I'm hoping like kind of the meat of our conversation because I need help. How can you, what advice do you have for coaches to be or do what you do? Yeah, yeah. I think, well, as far as like, because what I do is I, I mean, obviously I deliver lessons on psychology related topics, you know, or, or sports psychology related topics. And I meet with athletes one-on-one to hopefully help resolve any challenges they're having or, or help them just be proactive in performing at their best mentally. I would say like a coach, a coach has a, a kind of a different kind of power than I do. Um, and what I mean by that is, is I think, man, like a, like a coach, especially for high school and college it's such an impactful role on a young person. You know, you see them, you see them all the time, right? I think most, both high school coaches and collegiate coaches will see their athletes like five or six days a week, some sometimes for years. So the coaches have a huge impact. So um, as opposed to, you know, encouraging coaches or giving them skills to kind of do what I do, I would say they're, they're in a position to make a huge impact and um, from a mental performance standpoint. And I'd say, the point, like what I would encourage coaches to do is to give really careful attention 
to what is what is valued within their within their group. Um, and, and so it can be it can be very um, oh, it's going to be very easy to even like accidentally give more attention to an athlete who's performing really, really well, or an athlete that's outgoing and makes it easy for you to talk to them, you know? And, and um, so I'd say like one of the best things a coach can do for the mental performance of the entire team is, is to try to spread their attention out as equally as they can. Like for sure, say great job to the kid who is really consistent, you know, for sure have a conversation with the athlete that is always easy to talk to, but, but take real care to go and spend like talk to and hear the experience of the, the one who's struggling or the one who's more quiet. Um, and, and the reason why I think like that kind of a habit and that kind of a behavior has such a broad mental performance impact is that um, the vast majority of mental performance issues, um, so nerves, panic, giving up, uh, self-comparison, like all those things, what's the, the, the problem that's causing those at heart is like fear of not belonging and fear of not fitting in and fear, you know, fear of being, uh, yeah, fear of, fear of not belonging essentially. So when a coach can really, really spread their attention out around all their athletes equally give athletes attention, whether they're performing well or not performing well, um, also be interested in them about areas of their life outside of, of running, um, valuing qualities that they see in their athletes outside of running, um, encouraging them to be there for one another and like highlighting when they see it and praising those athletes up publicly, like those kind of broad group behaviors will have a huge ripple effect on like the, the feeling of belonging and safety that every single athlete has. And I think every one of their athletes will run, will run better because of them creating that kind of a, that kind of an environment. You have a unique perspective because since 2016, and that's even pre-COVID, and then now, I mean, what are some of those things you've seen in the athletes if they've kind of come across your, well, you don't really have a desk, but come across, you know, come across it. And then and you're talking to them because anxiety, from my perspective, has just flourished and it is huge. And it's something that's a really big deal. When, when athletes are having pre-race anxiety. I mean, what are those things that we can do as coaches from the mental side to help them through and cope? But at the same time, are you seeing it the way I'm seeing it? Are you seeing a, a rise in some of these issues? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, it's funny, you know, I'm kind of seven years into the profession and I don't know that I've seen in, in like my, it's funny, I kind of have this microcosm population, you know, like it's yeah. practically, it's like basically NAU and then a bunch of pros and then a sprinkling of high schoolers. Um, so I don't know that I've seen, I don't know if I've been in it long enough to, to see like a dramatic hmm. change in anxiety. Although I know, I know from people who, who maybe see more kids um, and have been in, you know, working with young people longer, they'll be like, yes, I see a dramatic difference. And I hear that so often from so many good people that I'm for sure, obviously, you know, it's, it's a, it's a thing. Um, as far as, and that's kind of like generalized anxiety, you know, like when we're talking about anxiety, just they're generally, kids are generally more anxious. Um, when it comes to pre-race anxiety, there's a few 
approaches I usually take with that. Like mm -hmm. um, the first thing I'll always try is when I'm talking to the athlete about pre-race anxiety is um, we'll talk about that, like actually scientifically and physiologically nerves, what they're, you know, perceiving as, as fear um, is technically actually just energy. And when they are nervous, they actually are at their highest physical capacity. Like when we're nervous, we actually have more energy being released into our bloodstream, more glycogen available, endorphins are already being produced. So I try to, the first thing I usually try to do is reframe nerves as a positive. Um, because actually one thing research has shown is that um, athletes typically perform better if we channel the nerves as opposed to if we try to reduce the nerves. Um, so I usually try to just change their perspective and kind of reframe them and try to help athletes understand that they're a positive. What we'll do to try to make them a positive is we'll try to transition our thoughts from fear thoughts to excitement thoughts. So fear thoughts are all about what we don't want to happen. Excitement thoughts are all about what we do want to happen. So we just notice we're nervous. Ah, okay, this is uncomfortable, but it's positive. Let's think about what I'm excited about. Let's think about what I want to happen. Um, and that's how we channel them. Um, if somebody's experiencing like a lot of like kind of a, you know, I'd say a debilitating level of pre-race anxiety. And um, that's often in, in a, like a one-on-one -on -one conversation. We'll maybe talk about like, what's at the bottom of that? Like, what are you, what are you actually believing that is causing this huge physiological reaction? Um, almost always when you get down to it, it's social. It's like, my coach could like my coach isn't going to is expecting this of me. My parents aren't, you know, I don't want to let them down. Um, I want to be on the top seven going to state. I want to be like, you know, it's always oh, it's it's there's something there that's social. So what we'll do is we'll get to the bottom of whatever they're believing. And then I'll explain to them why it's normal, because it is there. There's something human and instinctive that is causing that. And they'll understand. Hopefully they'll understand why and why they're feeling the way they're feeling. And and, and that helps. Um, I would say the loose plan really helps with pre-race anxiety because they, they can know what they're going to do. Like they, they can know what they're going to do when, without the plan. Um, they're supposed to just compete. It's like, oh, geez, man. like that's a, it can be daunting and overwhelming. So the loose plan can help. Um, and then often we'll also use like a pre-race ritual, kind of like a breath meditation or um, a grounding exercise. So kind of tapping into their senses. We might use gratitude. We can, we can also use some calming, like calming approaches to try to reduce the nerves. But usually I, I try to ref, like kind of dive into what they're believing and try to reframe the nerves before I'll try to reduce the nerves. What about when there's a bad performance? Like what do you do with the athlete as soon as the bad performance has happened? Yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard and awkward moment, isn't it? Oh yeah. Like, like you see, they're coming off the track and you're like, oh gosh, yeah, I don't know how to, I don't know how to address this. Um, I think, you know, giving them the option to talk is, is the first thing I would do. I'll usually be like, hey, like, you want to talk about that? And sometimes they'll say yes, and sometimes they'll say no. Some of them just need to take a breath, you know, and get, have a little space. Um, but then, you know, as soon as they're ready to talk about it, I'll just ask them to walk me through it. Um, and like, Hey, like, what was that like for you? Can you tell me about that? And, and then as they walk me through it, we'll kind of see, we'll see, uh, we'll, we'll typically see like where it started to go wrong and what they were believing when it started to go wrong. And then it becomes pretty evident while they, why they chose what they chose. And, and I'll always be like compassionate and like, like find a reason for it. Um, cause there's always a good reason for it. Um, and then we just, we try to create a new plan.
I love it. Well, I've been taking notes this entire time because I'm about to go and be a, hopefully a better mental performance coach to my team. (laughs) And we try to keep the podcast short. And I I promised you, I wouldn't take too much of your time, but I have so much more. We have to do this again. Like I I want to, I want to know about your accidental culture. I want to know about the mental skills actually needed for the 16 and for the eight and the 32 and and track specific. I mean, I want to know so much more. And, you know, before I go on, where where else can we find out more about what you're teaching and what you're learning? And rather, like, what social media look like for you? Can you help us give like how we can gain further knowledge about your findings and what you're doing? Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, I the best the place best place to find me and to find my offerings is at hypo two sport dot uh, com, which is the the company that I I work through. Yeah, don't I- spell it hypo two. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. H-Y-P-O-2. Yeah. Sport. Um, and there is a mental, there's a, there's a, there's a tab that it says what we do. And then there's a mental performance tab within that. So I do have a bio in there, but basically everything I do is under the mental performance tab. Um, social media. I am, I am actually not that active, but I'm a little tiny bit active. So, so I am, I am on Instagram at Shannon Lee Thompson. Um, hypo two sport also has an Instagram. Um, at Hypo2 Sport, I believe. <laughs> and um, yeah, the the if for anybody who is listening and um, you know wants to dive in soon to learning more about mental performance, I do each season, so spring and fall, I do a weekly open Zoom session on Tuesday nights at 5.30 p.m. PST. And it's about 30 minutes long, 20 to 30 minutes long. Um, and um it's, it's probably one of the best value things I've got. It's a $100 flat fee or $95 flat fee for 17 sessions. And they're the same sessions that I do with NAU. And um, so a whole season worth of content. So we did just start this past week. We did this past Tuesday was session one. But all the sessions are recorded and um, available to anybody who registers late. So, yeah, that's a that's a real good resource, actually, for learning more. About. Is that just for coaches or stu- uh, athletes as well? It's for everybody. I, I originally designed it with a high school and collegiate track focus. Um, but we've got, I've got high school coaches on there now. I've got college coach on there now. I've got adults look, working on road races and a couple, even like pro road race marathoners, you know, so it's a real mixed bag now of people who are registered for that. 17 sessions for 95 bucks. Sign me up. That's incredible. I think it comes down to, I think it's five eighty nine per session or something. Oh, well, you're undercharging it. And- <laughs> well, I like to provide an offering that is not, like, you know, doesn't inhibit anybody as far as cost. And um, if I get lots of people registered as well, you know, it's, it's so good for me. So it's win-win. I like win-win offerings. That's incredible. Well, we can't thank you enough. We're going to have to have you come back. We got to, I'm definitely going to be checking out the Zoom and I'm going to give all my assistant coaches and friends and this is something that is very needed. And we have a lot of kids that are walking around needing a real strong influence in mental performance and that whole side of it. So thank you for offering what you do. Um, as a gift, RelayBatons.com, which is one of the sole sponsors of this podcast, is going to send Shannon a, a gift. And she could be super cool in NAU, which it snows and it's cold because it's up in the pines of Arizona. So yes. she can keep all her liquid hot in that on track and field mug. Um, yeah. On track and field.com. Go check them out. 
and you, you will not be disappointed. In fact, send me a DM and I'll get you in contact with the CEO, Steve, uh, as well as RelayBatons.com, which are custom grave uh, competition ready batons, but I typically use them for all the awards at the end of the season for our banquets. Um, you will not be disappointed in either one of those endeavors because I'm not disappointed. And so without further ado, you know who definitely is my mental performance consultant? It's CEO, Steve, you and your beautiful voice and blush, huge triceps. Take us away. Thanks to our guest, Shannon Thompson, for joining our host, Coach JT Ayers, on this week's On Track and Field podcast. The On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com. Custom engraved meat and competition legal relay batons, water bottles and tumblers. Great for team branding, fundraisers, meat awards, and coaches' gifts. And by OnTrackAndField.com. Cross country and tracks one-stop source for everything you need for a successful season. Competition gear, spikes, training equipment, and shoes. On Track and field.com has everything you need and you can save up to 50% when you use the word track talk at checkout some exclusions apply and make sure to check out our new website ontrackrunning.com your new source for competition and training shoes featuring Saucony, Brooks On Running, New Balance Asics and Hoka Shoes and Spikes ontrackrunning.com and make sure to follow us on our socials at ontrack the letter and field at ontrack and field on Twitter and Instagram 